seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxson. We're here talking all things Red Devils. Just before we start, just a big thanks to everyone who sent me messages uh, through Twitter. Uh, me and my wife appreciate all your support uh, in during this time. Uh, but the person obviously keeping the ball afloat while I was uh, away and engaged, Paul, back on the show today. Have you missed me, Paul, after the last few weeks? I, I have, mate, yeah. It's, it's been strange, and I've not been able to get to the radio as well, so we've... Uh... We've not seen much of each other recently, but no, it's, it's good to be back, Rob, and uh, I'm glad that you and Kate are, are okay, and uh, I've done my best the last few weeks, but I think it, it works better when we're uh, we're on here together as a team, doesn't it, mate? Yeah, it certainly does, Paul. It's good to get back to a bit of normality um, after everything. So, uh, we've got a lot going on in this week's show, Paul. We're going to talk about a victory against Catalan Dragons. Uh, you spoke to Josh Jones and Jake Bibby uh, after the game, and Ian Watson as well. We've got all the news coming out of Salford Devils this week. Uh, you've got your Ramit report, and then what we're going to do, we're going to preview the game uh, against Casper Tigers on Sunday. So what we'll do, we'll start off with a victory against Catalan Dragons uh, last Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils were victorious against Catalan Dragons, 46 points to nil. Paul, what a great win. Yeah, it was a great win, Rob. It was uh, an unexpected win, I thought, really. Going over there, it's a nice trip and you enjoy your trip, but I wasn't really expecting us to get a result, especially after the way Catalan had played the week before. They'd beat Warrington the week before and Warrington's made a good start to the season. So I thought if we can get something here, we're going to have to really, really play well. And we, we did. I thought it was, the. to be honest with you, I said to my dad on the way over, oh, it's probably the best Best performance I've ever seen from Salford, I think. I can't think of a... For the, for the 80 minute. I know we've had great wins before and cup wins and things like that, but for an 80-minute performance from minute one to 80, we hardly made any mistakes. Our defence was, you know, fantastic even when you're 46-0. Up, how many teams will, will keep defending like that? It was it was an amazing performance and probably one that you won't see again for a while. I mean, I hope we, we get the same this this Sunday at Castleford, but it was one of those games where everything seemed to go right for us as well, as well and... We got the bounce of the ball and you no know, people, you look at Jake Bibby's performance, people played to the next level, didn't they? And, and pulled that out. And if you can if you can bottle that and find that consistently, you're going to be dangerous and you're going to be up there in the, in the, in the, the top of the ends of the table. But no, it was a fantastic display. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a bold statement, that, Paul. Big best team performance ever. Would you, was, that, was that confirmed or was that just, just that fall out of your mouth then? Well, no, I mean in my time watching them. Ah. So I didn't mean in the, in the history of Salford. I meant in the sort of 30, 31, yeah. 32 years I've been watching. I, I couldn't. Oh, I probably there probably are games where I mean I was thinking back to like the is it eight, is an eighty minute game, mm. like you know where you've played from like the first minute to the, to the hooter at the end, 
And I can remember that Warrington game, wasn't it? Was it 2002 when we won there 20 odd two? And we absolutely played off the back. We never missed a tackle for the whole game. We don't really say we scored out, outstanding tries, but just as a performance, you know, as a defensive and attacking display. Um, I think the games against Keithley in the mid 90s where we pummeled them away from home, and you know, we, we that, that was a good result. And trying to think of other games, I think there was a whole game where we played. I mentioned a few in my report on Saturday. I think it was Hull away a couple of years ago. We scored 50 points and that was like a dream performance. But Hull came back in that game and scored 20 points or 18 points of their own. Whereas on Saturday, we didn't set the queue off the rack, uh, didn't put the queue on the rack, did we? We, we carried on and, and you don't normally see that from a side to side. Normally eases up, don't they, when they, they, they're so far in front. So, uh, yeah, for me, well, it, was a, it was a great performance and... and I don't know, perhaps it is a bold statement to say me, me best performance. I can't think of many many better than that. Not for a long time, anyway. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a, a big statement to make going to Catalan and, and nilling them uh, and also getting near 46 points. It's a big statement, that, for Super League. Obviously, you know, Salford, you know, going through the gears, like you said, you, you know, some outstanding performances there uh, on Saturday. And, you know, fans like us, you know, are dreaming about stuff like this. And, you know, you think about how far you know, this club can go if it can pull a performance out against Catalan Dragons away from home. You know, what else can we do? Well, exactly. And it was a, it was a tough start to the game. I mean, Sam Tompkins, I think, made the first break in the game. And I thought to myself, oh, here we go. They, they cut us to pieces already. But we didn't. We, we hung in there. We stayed in the arm wrestle. And we quietened the crowd down, I thought, because you know what Catalan's like. You go over there and they're quite a boisterous crowd. They get behind them and not for want of having a go at them, but I think they're... Um, they're very sort of one one sided sometimes. They can uh, they, they see the knock on from other teams and don't see it from their own teams. And that's what you want. They're, they're parties and supporters, aren't they? And, uh, you know, they, they get behind their side. But I thought we quieted them down in that first 20 minutes there. We hung in the game and we started to boss the game. I thought Jackson Hastings and Robert Lewis started to boss the game. The kicking game was good. Uh, we forced a lot of mistakes out of them. I think they must have forward passed it about four or five times in that first half and they started snatching at chances. And, and we took our chances. And there wasn't many. It was only 8-0 with a couple of minutes to go in that, that first half. And obviously, we got those, those two tries and then two tries at the other other side of our time. But we did. We took our chances. And how dangerous we looked with the ball. Um, it was a refreshing brand of rugby as well. I've just watched the highlights uh, the other day, just today on the, the Super League show. And the way we was getting the ball out wide and attacking from attacking from deep, really, um, was, was great to see. And Jake Bibby coming in, playing his, his first appearance of the season. He didn't look out of place at all. And I think now you've got players there who are challenging for places aren't you and I've not seen the squad I don't think the squad's been announced yet this week for the Castlewood game but how does Ian Watson go about that now he, he can't drop anybody because everybody really stood up and were counted didn't they yeah I think obviously they moved the ball wide I think the important part of that was your extra pivots in the line Greg Burke for me tried for Jake Bibby when he was on got on the outside of the centre him coming to the line caused that extra bit of space on the far side and that's what it is I think Pivots in your line. Matt Flanagan's a past master at it, making the defensive slide not very good for them. And I think obviously wingers and centres get all the all the you know celebration and all the highlights because that's what they end up scoring the tries. But I don't think you can kind of um, you know forget about the hard work that people do in the middle to get momentum and and to create space for the people on the outside. No, that's right. And and when you've got the people on the outside of the quality of, uh, I think Ken Co deserves a, a good rap. I mean, what an excellent signing he's been from it for me and Watson to, to pick a lad of his quality up. That pick up in the the first half to, to chase through for that try was it was 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 brilliant. He's a, he's a top finisher. 
and you've got Darrell Olfert's on the other side and Darrell's copped a bit of stick this season and last season you know, for making mistakes and you know he does look a bit dodgy sometimes under the eyeball and but I think you've got to give him a lot of credit over the last month or two. I think he's come on, come on really well, and he's he's got bags of potential to be a real class winger because he's got the pace, he's got the power, and, and he's seeing that now from him. I think he's growing in confidence, and uh, that side on, on Saturday, the, the confidence was flowing through. There wasn't it as we, as we got a few tries up, and everybody wanted the ball, and 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 Jackson Hastings gives them that energy sometimes, and Joey Lustig there, Robert Lewis, they, they all seem to be bouncing off each other and. I think we went to, to the south of France to, to do a job, didn't we? We embraced it. We we, we arrived there early and, and the, the, the players wanted to do a job for the supporters and to see the celebrations at the end there, how how much it means to the players and the fans together. I mean, that bond, not many teams or clubs have that and, and we've got it and it's a real feel-good factor at the moment and we've just got to keep building on that now because you do get that sense there's, there's something special is happening at Salford. You really do. Yeah, you spoke to a two-try hero, Jake Bibber. And Josh Jones after the game, and this is what they have to say. Oh, yeah. I'd like to say I've been joined by man of the moment, Jake Bibby. Yeah. Your first appearance of the season, and you did all right there tonight, didn't you? Yeah, I think I tried to do my part, really. I thought I'd make myself, give myself the coaches an impact to put myself in good stead for going forward, really. You've waited for your chance patiently yeah. as well. And did you enjoy playing the centres? Yeah, on the I feel that's how it's my position naturally anyways, because I'm defensively. Defensively. <laughs> Cheers, yeah. Defensively, that's why I like getting involved in. But I like, it gives me lungs a bit of a get going, because I was, first half I was quite tired, but then as it got into the game, I got better. So. You and Nia Levels on that side with uh, Ken Seal, you seem to be yes, yeah. just breaking through at will, didn't you? Yeah, I've, I've gelled quite well with uh, Niall and Kenny in pre-season. I've been going down the left edge, like with even Junior. Junior's been helping me a lot. Uh, Jacko, Jacko's big, big part of the team. Jonesy as well with that left edge. Everyone's really that left edge. Is, is your offload game something you've worked on? Because you've got, you've got uh, plenty of passes out I, time, I don't know, not really. I just thought, because they, they sit really tight in defence in yardage, so what we did is I just stay outside. The, the winger was on me, well, inside me, so I just thought I'll stay outside him. And then you basically, I, you know, you basically uh, paced him, so... Just going back like to that, that try, um, the one I thought should have been a penalty try. Was it in the first half, that one you scored in the first yeah, half? Yeah. Did you, what was the players feeling on that? Because it looked like Kenzie had been dragged back. Oh, yeah, and, he, he, and he you did. followed the play and scored, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, he, he did get pretty much dragged back, but I just thought I'll just follow him. Because I knew I wouldn't get there before Kenny. And I thought he went out, so I just thought, let's keep going. The next bit bounced in my eyes, just lit up, and like, yes. Well, you're off the nude run. Oh, that's right. Well, first, yeah. first thing you thought of. Yeah, first thing I was, as soon as Jack O'Kane said, off the nude We need so. to get Daniel Murray off that as well. I know no, 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 he's dying for a try, Daniel. Thanks very much for speaking yes, to us, Angie. And uh, hopefully, we'll be inside yeah. again next Sunday. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, mate. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Well, thanks for joining me, Josh. How do you sum up that performance? Is it a bit of a, one of those performances where everything goes right? Um, I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. All week I've, I've thought we'd beat them. Um, I'll be honest, I think the thing with uh, quite beat them like that. Um, but yeah, mate, what a great effort from the boys. Uh, we was on from minute one. We knew if we'd back to our D, then we'd, uh, we'd come away with the two points. And what a victory for us it was. As a player, I mean, I spoke to Ian. I think he, he prided it on defence and he said defence is the most pleasing thing. What as a player, though, is it the scoring the tries, the support play, or is it that defence? Because I noticed you shouted to the players about seven minutes to go, yeah. defend. And that desire tonight, it was a bit there for all to see. Yeah, 100% defence wins your comps. That's my level when I was with You know, them big clubs thrive on defence and then big games you need to thrive with your defence. And your back your days, as you saw while we defended our goal line, uh, your attack will come off the back of that. And yeah, we're just we're outstanding tonight. How much confidence does this give you going into the Castleford game next week? You know, you've got another tough game there next Sunday. Is it a case of getting yourselves back into training next week, keeping your feet on the ground? Because this sort of win 
it could really raise your confidence. Yeah, hundred percent. We've got now. We've got eight points now. Um, we just need to enjoy tonight, and then we've got a long turn on to cast next week, and then yeah, we go there. We give it the exact same performance as we did tonight, and hopefully we should get another two points there. Congratulations, mate. Thanks for speaking to us. Cheers, buddy. So that was uh, Jake Bibby and Josh Jones, uh, Paul, talking to yourself after the game. And obviously, Jake Bibby, two tries, you know, unbelievable performance in the centre. You know, what a great performance, what a great guy. Yeah, he's a lovely lad, Jake Bibby, as well. And uh, I said to my dad on the way out, I said, it's not like interviewing a, a professional rugby league player. It's like it's like interviewing um, a lad who's just played for his school team, you know, <laughs> and come off and score a lot of tries and that, because he, he's just such a lovely character. Um, he doesn't take himself too serious. He's, he just he just loves the game, and uh, yeah, he was great to speak to. And I'm really pleased for him because he's waited really patiently this season, you know, to get into the side. What are we like five or six games in now? And he has, he's, he's, but he's took his chance. And I, I, I said in the the report, and I, my three word match report was Australian Test Centre because he looked like one. You know the way he was getting the ball out, you know, flicking the ball out, and his pace off the mark, and his power as well. He, he looked really good. And Josh Jones, another one. How consistent has Josh been this season? I mean, the, the, nearly every every week you could put him down for man of the match. The yards that he makes, the defenders that he attracts, and he, he just gets that space. And if you follow Josh Jones as well, he, nine times out of ten he'll offload the ball. So uh, both those two guys had excellent games. George Griffin as well with two tries. I think you'd have, you'd have struggled to give a man of the match award because everybody everybody was, was excellent. Yeah, say so he likes playing in the centre to you, Paul. He is still developing for me. Yeah, he was fantastic against Catalan Dragons. I think there's plenty more to come, though. Um, and obviously, football the tries, the one where he breaks through and gives it to Aces, then gives it him back. Things like that you can learn from, can't you? Because if he draws the man, Aces goes under the post. But it's, it's one of them things that you suppose you're learning, aren't you? He's only young. Uh, and obviously performances like that against Catalan Dragons on Saturday is only going to make him better. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly, like I said before, it was his first game of the season, so he's got to back that up now. Uh, hopefully, he'll be on the side against Castleford on on, uh, on Sunday, and that's going to be a tough game. Castleford have got some quality players on on both their edges, haven't they? And it's a tough place to go. It's a, I think one thing at Catalan there it was a, it was a dry pitch, and it's quite a big pitch there at the Stag Gilbert Brew. We should go to Weldon Road, the, the jungle as they call it now, or is it, is it still the jungle at Castleford? And it, it's, a, it's a quite a short pitch that, and it's it's not as wide and. It might be different weather conditions there as well. So, usually a bit of a heavy pitch there when you go to cast. So, he'll, he'll get tested, Jake Bibby, on um, on Sunday. There's no doubt about that. And it's how he, he reacts. And Ian Watson said it about consistency now. That's that's what it's about. You've got to you've got to come back and and back that win up. They've had um, a seven day turnaround, haven't we? Eight well, eight day turnaround. So I know with a bit of travelling to do as well. But now you've, you've got to back that up, and that's what Super League's all about. Yeah, I, I think obviously replace the injured junior Salvo. Obviously, we can see all. On his outside, Evel's on the sort of coming through the gaps, and Jackson Hastings working his magic as well. You know, he's, he's certainly a, a power out outside, you know, outside the uh, the edges. And you know, I'm, I'm thinking that obviously, given a game, run of games, Paul, you know, it, it, it could be the next the next big thing, like you said. But he's so he's only young, and hopefully, he's going to continue to develop, and it'll be uh, super exciting uh, to see him in a red shirt many years yeah. to come. Certainly will, and, and you've got competition for places there now, Rob, as well. You've got Ed Chamberlain's come back in as well, who, who, who plays in the centres. You've got Jake Bibby, who's going to play there. You've got Junior Sal playing there, Chris Wellham. You've got four four quality players there, and four doesn't go into two, does it? So you've got those four four challenging each other. So And you've also got Josh Jones, who can play there. I know Josh prefers to play in the pack, I think, now, doesn't he? But we've got a bit of competition there for places, and that, that, that's that's only good. That's going to put pressure on the other players to perform, because Junior Sal's going to have it all to do now to get back into that side.
Yeah, talking about uh, Josh Jones, uh, Paul, he was spoke about desire and, and you know how defence wins trophies, and that's the kind of mentality you know that the club are trying to create. Uh, obviously, Josh Jones has come from St. Helens, who, who kind of bred into that, and you know he's coming, he's coming to here and he's kind of building that in the club as well. And you know that's the kind of thing we want. We want uh, you know the people and the players to be you know fully focused and continue to put in great performances like the game against Callum. Yeah, I think I mentioned. I don't know that I mentioned it to you on the interview, but I was sat on the side on Saturday and um, was quite up in the stand. But there's about seven minutes to go, and, and Josh Jones. It sort of went really quiet at the stadium, and I could hear Josh Jones say, "There's seven minutes to go," and I won't repeat what else he said. I think he said a swear word, but he was basically saying to the team, "We want to nil them." And I thought, "Blimey, we we forty points up and." He's still drumming it into the players to to to, to, to nil the, the Catalan Dragons, but you could see. I think there was a kick chase with about five minutes to go, and about six or seven Salford players nailed the fullback. What a chase that was! You're winning forty points to nil, and that desire is still there. And you know we saw that in the second half. I think at Hull Kingston Rovers as well. And even though we lost to St Helens the week before, those those good things I thought and signs in that game where you know. Things were happening in the defence. Defence has been good. I mean, Jackson Hastings, for example, everybody talks about Jackson for his organisational skills, his his attacking skills. You know, he's an half-back. He's, he's paid to, to set tries up, isn't he, and, and be, be an attacking threat. But what he does in defence as well, I mean, that tackle against St. Helens was, was a try save, but he did some fantastic defensive work against uh, against Catalan as well, and he's so good in defence. He's a good tackler. So, so yeah, it's really, really positive, Rob, I think, from, from that game against Catalan. Really, really exciting now. And, it's one of those games where you just can't wait for the next one. Yeah, I've got visions of Josh Jones kind of pointing at, pointing at you and doing a scribbling action to say, come on, Paul, get it all down, don't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, fantastic performance. Everyone was, was super happy about it. You spoke to uh, Ian Watson after the game, uh, and this is what you have to say. Coach's Corner. Right, Ian Watson joins me. I've just brought myself back out of the clouds. <laughs> what a performance that was. What was the most pleasing thing about a defence? Yeah. Attack or a bit of both? No, defence, you, you win everything on the back of your D. Um, I thought we learnt lessons from the St. Helens game in this one. We spoke about the St. Helens game just before this game, um, saying the things that we did really well in there, we had to kind of do that for longer periods against the Catalan team away from home. You've got to do it tough and you've got to be willing to defend. If you've not got that attitude to defend, you're not going to win. And I think then obviously on the back of that, we started getting a bit of momentum. They started to fatigue. And then, like you say, our, our support play and our attack was outstanding on the back of that. Young Jake Bibby came in today yep. for his first appearance of the season. I mean, some of the offloads there and that, that edge there with Nia Levels, how good was some of that, some of that play? He must have yep. played himself in with a chance now of starting again next week. Oh, yeah, mate, he, he was great. He was great, Bibby. He's done. He's been really patient, mate, waiting for his kind of opportunity. And we've been kind of really keen to get him involved because of he's looked outstanding in pre-season. Um, obviously, Junior's always been our kind of first choice centre, but Bibby's just obviously opened up the door there now, and he's just cracked on there. And we've said if you if you're good enough, you play. It doesn't matter kind of whether you're one of the seniors or not. And Bibby's just done himself no harm there. He's done absolutely brilliant. Despite all the tries and the great support play, there was a lot of times in that game, a couple of patches where you had to defend your line. Yeah. Oh, please, and that's a nil away from Yeah, home. outstanding. They started trying to test Adam Lawton. 
Um, Adam's first game today for us, and I thought he carried really well when he came on. But the pleasing thing again was defensively, he had six goal line D sets to defend, and his attitude was that he wasn't going to get beat on his try line. There was one where I think it might have been Sammy Sony Lange dove over, and he's actually stood up really tall. But for him to get down and get underneath Lange, that takes a lot for somebody as tall as Adam to get down there. But his attitude was that he wouldn't get beat on goal line, and I think that was what all the team had individually. Their attitude was defence first. And that, like I say, that wins your games and wins your competitions. Like you say, attitude wins games. I think there was a pivotal point in the second half. I think it was about seven minutes to go, and I could hear Josh Jones shouting to the team, yeah. there's seven minutes yeah. left, nil them. And that, that is a coach. Yeah. That's what, all you can ask, isn't it? Well, that's what we, we speak about amongst the um, our group and making sure that defence level were very good. Josh Jones is one of our better talkers in that and one of our really good defenders. Um, he does he does lead really well in that situation, even though he's still quite young. He's been in a good background at St. Helens. And they know that you win things through the defence. If you look at Saints last week against us, their defence won in the game against us. I thought they were outstanding with it. We've been trying to build that mentality for a couple of years. And at the moment, all the boys are buying into it because they know it's getting results at the moment. What sort of message does this send out to Super League? And a lot of people wrote you off before today yeah. coming over here. And to, to put a score on that, because Catalan's beat Warrington last weekend. Yeah. And to come over here and do that to them, not many teams will come over here and no. score 40 points. No, there were not many teams who come and win over here. To, to be fair, it was a really accomplished performance. The, the boys were outstanding. The, the biggest thing is it's a team performance there. They were outstanding as a group together. And if we have that, we'll go a long way. It's making sure that we've got that same mentality going into every game. How does Ian Watson up. bottle out now for Castleford next week? Oh, we've got to back it up. We back it up. People have done really well there with the performances. They put their hand up and said, I want to be in the 17 and I want to perform. And then, like I say, going off that performance there, it's hard to be changing anybody on the back end of that. So what you've got to do is you've got to trust the players every week to go out there and do their job. And I think the guys that went out there today have done an absolute outstanding job. As a coach now, is it a difficult job to keep their feet on the ground going to Casper Because there's a lot of hard work to be done now before next Sunday, isn't there? Yeah, I think that's the point we'll, we'll make um, at the beginning of next week. Um, obviously, we need to get back from here now and then get home and recover from this game here. But the point we'll be making is it's back to work next week. Enjoy your night tonight. But it's back to work next week and we've got a tough game at Castleford. Well, thanks for giving us an excellent trip to Francie and we really enjoyed that. We'll see you next week, mate. Thank you. No problem. So, Ian Watson, Paul, very happy about the performance against Cannon. He was, and I'll be the first to admit it. We we did the press conference, and there wasn't many people there. There was a guy, I think he wrote for the League Express, that was sat behind us, and the rest were the were the French media. And let me tell you, the French media were lovely people. As soon as we got to the stadium, we were all shaking our hands and patting us on the back. Really, really friendly, really friendly club, Catalan Dragons, and I really enjoyed going there. And um, yeah, when once Ian Watson had done the press conference, he said, "Oh, just come through this door, and we'll, we'll do the interview through there." And, I was shaking talking to him because I was that excited and, and, and buzzing. It was a, it was a strange a strange interview really, and uh, yeah, he, I was really pleased for him because I was talking to somebody in the week about how funny a twelve months makes. I mean, last year he was he was under pressure and one or two people were, was doubting him. And I watched, um, I think it was one of the the podcasts um, on the Facebook. Is it forty twenty? I was, I was watching a bit of that the other day and they were saying on there that they, I think Wigan and Leeds should be looking at Ian Watson as their new coach. I thought, oh no, don't, you're not taking what oh now, but it just shows you what people who are outside our bubble, as you say, yeah. at other, at other clubs, that they're, they're noticing what's going on at Salford, aren't they? And I think people are starting to, to sit up and, and take note now, aren't they? That, you know, he's a good coach and you know the budget that he's got and he's, he seems to have the ability to get the best out of uh, you know I'm not going to say the average players but we've not really got any international players in our side have we we've got some, some workman like players and some very good players as well but Ian's getting the best out of uh, probably a small squad 
That was a coo- that's a coupon bo- uh, buster, Paul. You mentioned the bubble before me. Uh, <laughs> someone's had a spread bit. <laughs> no, there's people throwing stuff around now. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think some interesting points coming from that Ian Watson interview. Uh, you mentioned about sort of the sort of the attitude going back to work. Obviously, everyone was super excited about the Catalan win, but it's about refocusing on on Castleford, and that kind of made me feel really because obviously. You know, we don't want people to get too carried away about us getting, you know, putting the Catalan through the through the mincer and then go to Casford and, and be spent. Obviously, Ian Watson knows this and, and he's trying to bring everyone back down to, you know, putting a big performance against Castleford on Sunday. Yeah, so uh, one one swallowed up maker summer, Rob, does it? We've mentioned that before. I mean, we've only got to go back a few weeks ago, look at Leeds, the cat and Bioware. I've just looked at the scores tonight. They're getting beat 8 0 at home to London. And yet they come to Salford a few weeks ago and absolutely battered us, didn't they? So, you know, it's a funny game, rugby league, sometimes, isn't it? And it's about confidence. And I think consistency is the, the name of the game, isn't it? And you've got to be consistent now. And this hard work will be. I'll all be done and dusted, won't it, if we you go and get thumped at Castleford and everybody. It's funny because I think all the pundits sort of said we'd lose by 20 points, weren't they? 24 points at Catalans after our, our defeat to St. Helens. And you go and beat Catalans and everybody's saying, oh, Ian Watson for coach of the year, he's going to get the Wigan job and things like that. So you're only as good as your last game, aren't you? Um, so, yeah, it's just about keep being consistent now. And we've just got to go to Castleford. It's, but it's a big test. This Sunday is a big test now to, to see where, where, where we're at. Yeah, I think, like I say, it's, it's attitude. Uh, it kind of brings success and, and the mentality builds a good club and a good team. And, you know, you're, you're hoping, obviously, you know, we back up this big performance against Catalan with another big performance against Castleford. Because if we got to Castleford uh, and beat them and we've got to Catalan and Amma them, it's, it's a big statement, Paul, for, for everyone in Super League that, you know, Salford are on the match. And, you know, hopefully we, we can do that on Sunday. Yeah, it's a massive statement. If you go win at Castleford on Sunday, I don't, I don't like to look too far ahead, but the week after, then you're playing Wigan at home. And, you know, Wigan will, will bring a good following. It's a Sunday afternoon. But what what a great, you know, you're going into that game, potentially could be top of the table. So um, that what a great advert to get people down to the stadium, to get people coming watching Salford and get people interested. So I think at the moment we've got a pivotal sort of couple of weeks, really. And, uh, but an exciting couple of weeks as well because the potential and everything is there now for us, Rob. So we've just got to keep, just keep our heads down and just keep working. And uh, you know, exciting times ahead, I think. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of the matches. Uh, Ryan uh, Wilson, words can't describe. Uh, Paul Foster, uh, his man of the match was Bibby, followed by Evels. Uh, Gary Williams pinched me now. Uh, his man of the match was Jake Bibby. Um, you said Aussie Test Centre, Jake Bibby. Uh, Marie, uh, fan, bloody tastic, and she said everybody. Uh, Parker, ooh la la, sen- sen- sensational, simply sensational. His man of the match was Joey Lusick. Uh, Patrick Connolly, unbelievable, incredible, fantastic, and uh, his man of the match which was uh, Jake Bibby. Jake Bibby, obviously taking all the plaudits and deserves that too. I thought so. I thought he was my man of the match, Rob. I just think he was a standout performance from everything he seemed to touch turned to gold, really. Um, Niall Evels was good as well on that that left that left edge. We looked unstoppable there. Every time we got the ball, we looked like we was going to score. Um, and I think I said it in the report. It looked like we had five extra players. The, the Catalan, just the, I think the support play was excellent. I mean, it was a good performance, but I think we did a lot of the basics right. Really, it was just. I mean, sometimes rugby is a simple game, and if you back each other up, and there was there was always somebody there, and. And that's the that's the way you've got to play the game. But no, Jake Bibby, I thought was uh, was absolutely outstanding. 
Yeah, Patrick Connolly. Uh, no, we've done him. Incredible, unbelievable, and fantastic. Paul King, never in doubt. Uh, Ian Watson, uh, Chris Gr Chris Broggs. Uh, oh my God, uh, Jake Bibby. Um, DS, happy happy days. Uh, Nfish, happy, very happy Sunday. Uh, David Deacon, nil Catalan away. His man of the match was Jake Bibby. Uh, Adam Aubrey, poetry in motion. Jake Bibby. Mike Woodbridge, Les Diabruge, his man of the match, Bibby. Uh, Craig Harrison, uh, another year, please, Jackson Hastings. Uh, and his man of the match would be Eaton Bleed if he can get another Jack get another year out of Jackson Hastings. Yeah, it'd be nice to to get him to stay for for another year. He sat next to me on the plane actually on the way home. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got a couple of that, but now you've mentioned it. Oh, <laughs> obviously, you know, a picture of him, uh, you know, when you doing selfie. Did it, was it planned or was it? Did you just turn up and decide what I sit next to Paul Whiteside and that was part? Of no, it? no. Um, when I when I did did my trip, I decided when I went last year, I got extra legroom seats because I'm quite tall, so. Um, I can't. It's not that I can. I can't really fit behind them other seats. I can't get my legs in. I have to sort of sit sideways on. So and I can't put the table down. You know the the drink table. Yeah. When I've got my knees there, because my legs are really long, so I can't get the table down. So when I went last year on my own, when that mad trip, I thought I'll, I'll get extra leg room seats. So I, I did it again. It's only about ten or something. So um, my missus did all the, my trip for me. I just give him my bank card and said we sort it out for me. <laughs> <laughs> so if you like my travel agent. So yeah, so we, we got on the plane on the way. But I saw Ian Blees actually at check-in. because um, we got the seven o'clock plane home. So we we had a bit of a Toby around Barcelona. Um, we didn't really go far. We just sort of had a case with us. So we just went and sat and had a drink and then we walked back to the to the airport and um we saw Ian Blees at check-in and I said, oh, are the players on this plane? And he said, oh, yeah, because we thought they'd gone home in the daytime because this was sort of seven o'clock flight. But I think he'd made a mess of the. Someone had made a mess of it anyway and they got the wrong plane and they had to get the later one or whatever. So uh, they were on the plane. So I thought, oh, that's great. So we saw a few of them in the lounge and said hi and waved to them and that. And then uh, as we got on the plane, I thought, oh, I wonder if Adam Lawton will be sat here because he's taller than me. So he, he was, he was sat in the extra leg room seat. Anyway, the funny thing was, this this bloke got on, he was only, he's about five foot, he was dead small. And he said to Adam Lawton, and he went, you sat in my seat. <laughs> and there's a few people said, you can't move him, he's like six foot eight. And this little bloke was like, trying to nick his seat. Anyway, the little bloke got it wrong, Adam Lawton was in the right seat. So we fobbed him off down the bottom of the, the plane. And then um, Jackson Hastings got on and uh, he said, oh, I'm sat there next to you on his ticket number 50. So I thought, after all the people I could be sat next to, sat next to him. So, But yeah, he's a nice guy. He, he slept most of the way home, actually. I had a little chat with him and then he fell asleep. Don't know whether I bored him or whatever, but um, he had his headphones on. He was, uh, I'll tell you what, he snores. <laughs> he had his head right, like, facing me and he was snoring away yeah. but my bag was in the overhead storage and I had some toffees in my bag and a drink I said to my dad I said I want my bag but I said I don't want to wake him up because he might be tired so he said I said oh just give him a run I said no I can't I can't wake him up so I said I'll climb over him so I sort of straddled over him with my big daft legs and um, I was getting my bag out and I could see some of the players and some supporters have sat at the back of the plane, like looking at me, just say, "You drop something on him out of that overhead thing, will kill you." <laughs> <laughs> so, because my dad had bought some duty-free wine and it was underneath my rucksack, I thought if I drop something on him now and injure him, I'll be public enemy number one. So I was dead careful and I didn't, and it was all right. So, but yeah, lovely. He was a lovely guy, and uh, all the players were I spoke to quite a few of them, and there was some supporters on the plane, and we was all getting on having a, having a good time. But I think, as I mentioned before, the players seem to have a. Re I mean, that that video that, that I, think, I don't know who did it in. Um, 
it was on Facebook, wasn't it? Of Hastings and everybody hugging the players, and some people ran on the pitch, didn't they? And uh, had a jog round and that. But that that video, I think, sums us up at the moment. Um, the bond between the players and the supporters it, it's fantastic to see, isn't it? And uh, you know, we're all we're all really excited. It, it was just it was just a brilliant weekend, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's 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 tell you, you know, when someone falls asleep that next year on like an away trip, it's so tempting. You're not thinking about shaving his eyebrows off or. You know, loading him up like Buckaroo or anything like that. You know, that well, you know, me, me dad said to me, um, you know what we should do? He said, we need to get a load of empties and uh, put them yeah. on the tray in front of him and take a picture of him and say, oh, Jackson Hastings uh, canned up on the plane on the way home. <laughs> put it all over. Uh, put it all over so we'll get sacked then, so we can't do that. But, yeah. no, he was uh, he was a good guy, good, really good guy. And, uh, he's always got his flip-flops on, hasn't he? Because yeah. uh, I think he was regretting that because he had shorts and flip-flops on him. When we got back to Manchester, it was absolutely freezing because I think it started snowing on the way home. But, yeah. Uh, I say that because obviously, you know, every time anyone falls asleep on an away trip where I've been involved, you end up shaving their eyebrows off or kind of like kind of putting stuff on them like chairs and tables so when they roll over, kind of like it all falls off them. But obviously, it's a bit more difficult on a plane. But think about it. I suppose on a, on a plane, it's pretty difficult to sleep. I fell asleep coming back from Benidorm once on a plane after like a week of you know living. All the, all the players seem to be asleep Adam Lawton nodded off and I, um, and I, I kind of fell into the lap of the person next to me kind of rolled and fell into their lap which was a bit embarrassing you know you're not on the plane long enough it's only like two hours I think it was an hour and 50 minutes so you're not really on it long enough for you to, to, to nod off yeah. but, um, I, I can't nod off on a plane it's too loud no. I just think it's a bit too loud for me yeah well you did it but yeah that's like you say fantastic yeah, obviously you sat next to you and you know you managed to chew the fat with him great stuff Happy days. It was, like I said before, Rob. It was uh, weekend. I'm not going to forget for a while. It was, it was really, really good. I'm just hoping this weekend at Castle will be the same. Yeah. So that's all. All the big. That's all our report. Uh, looking back at the uh, Catalan Dragons win. Uh, yeah. So next one, what we're going to do is talk about all the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So. Look at all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. First one, Paul, Magic Weekend tickets are now available. 50, 50% off for season ticket holders, um, which is great news for everybody. Hopefully everyone will be getting up to uh, Magic Weekend to support the boys, if you can. What's the price on them, Rob? I don't know, Paul. It's 50% of what it is. Uh, I don't think they were. I don't think they're that expensive, are they? I wouldn't like to say the exact figure. I thought they were about twenty pound or something like that. So uh, I, I think you can you can get different um, price ranges, can't you? Sit in different stands. I think yeah. if you if you want to, but um, they're, they're very. I think they're a good value for money because you get to um, you get to see sort of is it three? There's three games on each day, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, so it's good value for money, and it's at Anfield this time as well. So it's not quite as far to go as. Uh, as Newcastle, I've never been to Anfield before, so I don't know what it's like, and I don't know how near it is to the city centre. But no, it's exciting to go somewhere different. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I don't think it's anywhere near the centre of Liverpool. I think it's kind of a bit out, but it's know, near it's, a big park, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, it's called Stanley Park. Yeah, yeah. There's a big park there, isn't it? Because I don't really know how I'm going to get there. I might go on the train because well, we play Sunday though, don't we? So mm, um, I think it's miles away from the town centre. When I say miles, I mean like miles and miles. But I think it's it's not. I don't think it's walkable. I think it's it's before I've been to Liverpool a few times because we've got family up that way and some of Ellen's family up that way and uh, I always thought I think Anfield's before because you sort of come off the motorway and then you you sort of drive in and then come down a big hill into Liverpool and I always thought Anfield was before you get to the because 
the, the city centre's like right on the is it Liverpool One? It's called where all the shops are and all that's right near the near the sea and near the docks and what have you, where the Liverpool building is and all that sort of whatever it's called. So yeah, I, I thought Anfield was a few miles away from there, a few miles out. Yeah, it'll be a great it'll be a great day, or wherever it's wherever it's held. Um, yeah, we're playing Hull Kingston Rovers as well, so we always beat them, don't we? So, <laughs> so yeah, like I say, get yourself down there. Uh, use your season tickets to get cheaper tickets, which is a good thing. Um, tickets for Cass are still available. Uh, I think two coaches are going at Castleford now, Paul, if I, if I remember rightly, uh, which means there'll be a big following going down um, to Castleford, which will be very good for everyone. I spoke to loads of people. Like I said before, there's a real buzz at the moment, isn't there, with people going. Everyone I spoke to this week it said they go into the match, so there should be a really good following. It's funny because I was working yesterday in um, in Blakely. I had a job in Blakely, Cudworth Road in Blakely, and, and a, a guy came up to my van, and um, I was just I was knocking off early, actually. I thought, oh, what does he want now, am I? And, and <laughs> this guy came over and knocked to me, and he went, are you Paul? From Devil in the, de- <laughs> the Detail. I went, yeah. Because I've got some stickers in the front of my van, so I thought he might have seen them. He said, oh, I recognise your face from, from yeah. the stadium and that. I think he was called Steve, but he said he listens to the podcast every week, and he has done since it started. Um, and he said he'd be there at Castleford. He was telling me about a load of people that was going with him. So I thought, wow, there's Salford supporters everywhere. And I think, to be honest, there's quite a lot around North Manchester, you know, around the Blakely area. Because Andy Steele lives near me now. He lives in Blakely. So uh, there's quite a few of us exiled into to North Manchester. So there is, there's a real buzz at the moment. Everyone I've spoke to recently is really, really excited. So I think we'll take a good following to cast on Sunday. I, I, I say it's not the first time someone's sort of knocked on your window and said, are you Paul Whiteside? That's, that's pretty impressive, I think. Well, I was a bit taken back, really. I was a bit embarrassed, really, because, uh, I don't know, you, you just do, do sometimes. But it was just nice of him to say he, he liked the podcast and that, and it just shows people listen to it. I think that, that's good. And uh, he was asking when our, and when our next show was, so I told him he was recording on uh, on Friday night, as it is now. So, yeah, so I'm sure his name was Steve, but if I've got your name wrong, my, my apologies. But he said he'd look out for me at um, Castleford on Sunday, so I said I'd be behind the sticks, so I'll see you on Sunday. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, next bit of news there's a fan focus group on uh, on Thursday Paul yesterday yesterday did you know do you know anything about it what was mentioned I've got reports it was about the car park and parking and traffic management but right right I that and I put it on because obviously a bit weird that nobody talked about it on Twitter so I meant, asked on Twitter to see if anyone had known what was mentioned and nobody got back to me so it's either right. top secret and nobody wants to know. Uh, um, I think they've had a, they had meetings before this. This yeah. uh, is it. Friends of the AJ Bell is it that one? No, the fan focus group. You know, then the club. Oh right, okay, okay. I, I didn't know about it to be honest. I was working last night, so um, yeah, it was. I I, I, th- I, had, I had heard something on the on one of the was it on my Facebook? I had heard that there was a meeting, but. I can't remember where I heard it from, but I didn't know what it was about or anything. And I've not heard anything. There's not, been nothing on that. The Red Shark, which is a, an excellent Facebook group, there's been nothing on there. I don't think, and mm-hmm. I've not seen anything elsewhere. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. What, what did he say about the car park? Yeah, well, I, I said there's nothing confirmed. I can't. I can't really say it was definitely about that. But there, there is right. kind of like there was sort of talk about it being about the car park, and I kind of sort of everything that was going on, Paul. I didn't give you a lift at the last last game, last home game. I went home straight after the game, and I was kind of stuck in a car park for like 25 minutes after the game. And what, and what right. kind of puzzled me, Paul, was you've got two lanes coming out from the car park, right? But at the top of the car park, there was like a, like a van park. You know, like the traffic management team, I'm going to presume, parked in a van. 
which they basically forces the two lanes into one lane at the traffic lights. Right. That's why it took for ages for everyone to get out of the car park because at the at the end of the day, everything's going into one lane. Yeah. So I'm not a chance to ask anybody about why this is, and I might if I get a chance I might ask somebody why. But if, if Do you know what I can't understand is what what they've done there with um, I'm no like road guy, but who knows about roads and that. But where where you come up the A57 to the stadium where that speed camera is where the bus stop is, oh, then yeah. you have to turn left then, don't you? And go around by the barley farm, is it? Yeah. Why didn't whereas the old road just went straight up, didn't it? Why didn't you just leave the old road there as well? And then the traffic that's not going to the stadium could just stay on that because like now everybody has to go go around there and do like a, a detour at a set of traffic lights. So to me, doesn't it create like a bottleneck there really? It's uh, it just seems a bit odd the way that they oh, do the road. I think it's just I think the roads kind of rejig the road to kind of force everybody to to sort of engage with the stadium because obviously if it's on the main road you just drive past it. You're not you just drive past it. It's there, but if your road turns left. You have to go left, and and they, it might give you kind of a subconscious. Oh, I can get down there if you're not necessarily going to the stadium, because obviously they've got plans to kind of turn it into an IKEA or whatever, or Morrison's or whatever. So they're going to have other, other units there, aren't they? So they need they need people to be able to subconsciously drive down that road, think, oh yeah, I can get to whatever I need to go. That's my the, the, the price you pay though is you get stuck in traffic. This is true, but I, I'm I just thinking when I was coming out, I was just like. Because the van was parked there, it forced everybody into that into the outside lane. So you're basically leaving the car park in one lane rather than two. Because obviously, when you go through the lights, then I turn right to get back on the motorway. We'll go over the new bridge and get on the motorway. But, you know, the best thing to do is to avoid the traffic. This might be a bit. This might be a bit old school, but mm. if you want to avoid the traffic, take a flask with you mm. after the match. Go and sit in your car, get your flask open, have a cup of tea. And talk about the match for half an hour, and then all the traffic will be gone. Yeah, I just, I'd say I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying you know what's right and what's wrong. I just think I'd like to know why that van is there. Because if that yeah, van is there, yeah. then obviously you come, you're in two lanes, and you can turn right. People want to turn yeah. right and turn right. Uh, but I don't know. I'd have to speak to somebody, and they definitely. I think me. that that's the only sort of problem you have with modern stadiums now, don't you? Because whereas when you you park to Hilton Park or Station Road or the Willows or Central Park, Nose the Road, wherever. You, you just tend to park on the streets, didn't you? And after the game, there's so many different ways you could go home. Whereas new stadiums, you've got one road in and one road out. I mean, everybody's there, aren't they? Um, so it, it, is, it is difficult. And I know we tend to get a bit of stick, but I think every... I think it's uncalled for stick, really, because I think every ground's the same. You can mm. go to Huddersfield, it takes you ages to get out. Wigan, it takes you ages to get out. St. Helens, I mean, I don't even think they've got a car park at St. Helens. It's only a small one. So um, I think that's just the price you pay for a modern stadium, really, because everybody's there at, this, at the event and then they all go home at the same time, don't they? So, yeah. Well, I say, on the flip side of that, Paul, it is better than it was. Yeah. Like yeah. the days of, of sat in a car park for an hour, it was, 20, it was 25 minutes. But then basically, but when I got to the top, where where the where the van was, I thought that's why it took me twenty five minutes to get out of there. Yeah, I think the new roads helped as well, though, hasn't it? Where you can turn oh, yeah. right and then go under the bridge, and yeah, yeah, that's helped big time. Yeah, which is good. So obviously, keep up the you know good work. Hopefully, if it was mentioned in the fan focus group, they could you know be giving ideas to people to make it better and shift the van. Hopefully, um, next you've got you've got a beard. You bought it about this van, what? haven't you? I just, I could, I'm, I'm not. I'm like with you, Paul. I'm an arm there, and I don't kind of. Like, and people talk about getting off the car. Yeah. 
And I'm like, eh, is it really that bad? And that was the first time I, I actually just disappeared straight after the game. And I thought, why are we still this poor, this poor bugger who's driving this van, he's getting some right stick off you, isn't he? Probably just, probably just somebody managing the traffic. But You're like Blakey off on the buses. Get that van out. Get that van out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the things are, I suppose, if he, if he has to park it there, because he's yeah. managing the flow of the traffic, so where does he park his van if he's not going to park it there? That might be the thing, maybe. But we'll have to, like I said, we'll have, if I bump, bump into anybody who knows, I might ask a question then. I'll get an answer. We can, we can obviously maybe chat about it next week. Uh, next bit of news. Uh, attendances, Paul, are up on this time last year, 12%. Uh, good. On the Twitter. Um, that's great news for me. Obviously, all the hard work that they've put in uh, on the social media uh, and engaging with, you know, fans and, you know, the schools and the colleges, you know, very much deserved, very much, uh, you know, time to celebrate. Happy days. Definitely, Rob. I think this is the time now where you've got to... Uh... Make it while the sun shines, really. I mean, this is the best time to attract uh, attendances, especially when you're playing well. And, and there's a buzz there as well, isn't there? I think we've got, we need to make something of the of the Catalan game, really. I mean, a lot of clubs are dying out on a win like that for years to come. So let's get some t-shirts made with I was there when we tonked Catalan 46-0. You've got, to, you've got to milk things like this, haven't you? And, uh, you know, really, really get your name out there. I think uh, I spoke to quite a few people at work over the last few weeks, over the last, sorry, seven days, and um, people say, oh, well, wow, we watch we watch Solvent on the on the telly on uh, on Saturday night against, against Callum. What, what what a performance that was! You know, people who don't even really like rugby league, and I think that's the beauty of it of that game being on Sky. The whole world got to see, didn't they? Us how good we was. I mean, if that game hadn't been on the on been televised, you know, Solvent won forty six nil. Yeah, great. But because everybody saw it, it was on prime time Saturday Saturday TV Saturday tea time television. Um, even though it, was, it wasn't terrestrial, it was Sky, but a lot of people watched it, didn't they? And, and I think a lot of people sort of thought, wow, they're a good side, these, and they play a good brand of rugby. And I think as well, we've got some characters there, haven't we? Some likeable people, you know, Jackson Hastings is a box office character as well, isn't he? And everybody wants to speak to him. He's like the man of the moment. Um, and and it's good. And I think the crowds can, can go from strength to strength. Like I said to you before, if we could beat Castleford this week, or even if we played really well at Castleford, then you've got an ideal opportunity then against Wigan, against the champions at home. That's a mouth-watering prospect. And the Wigan supporters are good. They'll travel in numbers as well. So we've got to target that game now. And I, don't, I wouldn't like to put a figure on out there, but what what, what would be good for that game? 6,000, 7,000? Yeah. I don't know. Numbers are numbers, Paul. We could go big and say five, 6,000. You know, what was last year's Wigan game? Do we know? Top of your head. Is that in your book? Maybe. Uh, I don't write attendances down. <laughs> I write scores down. Uh, when did we play Wigan last year? It was. Uh, do we play at Easter? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just, anyway, people will know. By somebody will know. Um, what was the attendance last year? Let's get better than last year's attendance. That's that's what I think we should be doing. I don't think you're putting bull statements about five, six, seven thousand. You know, if you don't come in, you look a bit of a wallet. So just let's say. What we'll do is, what was the tennis last year? Let's beat it. Let's get bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I that's, think so as well. That's the important if you, thing. If you can increase your crowd, say you play a team at home one week and then two weeks later you play somebody else. If you could increase that crowd in the two weeks later by 100, yeah. I think you and you do that every time, you're making progress, aren't you? And yeah. that's what it's all about. I mean, for me, the crowd against London Broncos this season, I think that was a real success. Like getting over 3,000 against London. I mean, some teams will scoff at that, but, you know, 
London didn't bring many, did they? Which is which is fair dues. But to get to get three thousand there, I think from where we have from where we were last season, because the crowds were poor last season. I think people are um, people are coming back, aren't they? Slowly but surely. And I think I've noticed a lot of people recently who I've never seen before. So I think we've got quite a few new supporters as well. So yeah. I, I don't think crowds are the be all and end all, but um, at the moment they, they they're doing well, and you know that's uh, it's good news, good positive news. Yeah, I think the good thing as well, Paul, like we said, the, the club have had lots of things going on. They've had the fair, they've had the Salford uh, Uni takeover, which, which which is great. Obviously, engaging with your, your local university to hopefully get students involved. Um, also, kind of announced big things as well. Um, sponsorship through the Second City Bar in Manchester, uh, Booper, uh, XS Manchester Radio, uh, Salford Uni, like I said. You know, it's in, engagement like that, Paul, which will make a big difference going forward. Do you what? know what? Do you know what? what I think made the, a, a big difference, a real big difference at the at the moment for us. I think it's um, the way that people are perceiving the, the club at the moment. I mean, you've only got to look back last few years and we was in the news for the wrong reason, weren't we? Certain people were mouthing off all the time and putting us in a bad light and slagging people off. And there was a lot of um, negativity around the club, wasn't there? And especially this season, I think last season to a certain extent as well, it started snowballing it when Jacko came over and Joey Lusick and in that the eights last year, we built a bit of positivity. But carrying on into this season, you've only got to look in the media now and read sort of the, your, your rugby papers, your league, especially your league weekly, watch the, the stuff on the telly, the BBC um, Super League show, the other podcasts and things that they have out there. Everyone is talking about us in a good light, aren't they? And, and saying how good our fans are, you know, we, we took a load to Catalan, how noisy we are, and and I think this is this it just shows that the hard work that's being done by the supporters, by the supporters trust, you know, by by people doing podcasts and, and and things like that, and everybody, all the fans and the players are buying into this, aren't they? And and that's a good thing. I was shocked. I watched, I think it's forty twenty podcast. And Phil Kaplan was on it, and. Um, Gary Schofield was on it and a few other people the other day. And the way they spoke about Salford, it was like, wow, they normally can't wait to, to slag us off. But everybody was sort of saying that how, how well we was doing on and off the field. And I think that we deserve a lot of credit for that, all yeah. the people involved with the club. What, what it is for me, though, Paul, this point, you know, going's good. They're announcing all these sponsorship. We're engaging with all these companies and all these colleges and schools and stuff. OK, what happens next? How do we... It's okay making a big splash about going to Solvid Uni and then bringing a coach load of students over, which helped boost the crowd, which was fantastic. What, what about the next game? Wigan at home. Are they coming back? Have we, incent, have we incent, incentivized the university to sell the tickets to their students? Is there incentive? I, yeah. That, it's great. I think for me, it's fantastic. You're engaging with all these companies and that's brilliant. And, you know, getting outside your bubble, great stuff. Well, for me, like university and, and the schools, cause we spoke, we have spoke about it, but Paul McNally's blog, uh, which he wrote, which which was very interesting, I thought. Paul, did you read that? I did read that, yeah. yeah. And he kind of mentions about how, you know, they're going to schools and, you know, they're not, you know, some schools are bothered, some schools aren't. It was difficult. You spend all this money and you only get sort of two or three fans coming through after all that effort. Which is, which is a bit disheartening if you're involved in that process. But for me, if you're going to a school, right, what you should what 
I think you should be hopefully the club are doing. You've got to go to your um, parent teacher association. You've got to go to them and say, "I'm your I'm Salford Red Devils are your professional rugby league club in the city." Okay, what what can we offer you, which you need as a school? Because obviously, you know, it's all about education, but it's also about exercise. It's about what we can provide for them. Yeah, so then they might want to put a bit of effort into promoting getting tickets and selling it to the students. Yeah. And, that, and that's that's the key thing here for me. A tennis yeah. percent, which, which is great, and, and, it, and it looks to me like that kind of thing is going on to be up 12%. And then yeah, yeah, I think what so. Happens, what happens next is, is, is the big one for me, because obviously you're engaging with all these people. Yeah, I know they went to Booper in midweek. Um... I don't really because obviously when I, I I work in an office and people come in the office and you know you, you try and sell your stuff so and you kind of like there's no kind of incentive my business don't doesn't say you know if you sign up for this you know we'll give you this there's nothing there you know what I mean so for me to go oh, I might get involved in that but is there is there is an incentive to to, to in, incentivize you know their employers to get on board. That's the question. Hopefully, there is twelve percent says there is. Yeah, it's moving it on to the next level, isn't it, Rob? Now you, you've done that, and like you say, you, you want to get those people back, don't you? Get those students back and move it on to the next level. And perhaps sometimes our hands are a bit tired financially, aren't we? We don't have a lot of staff working for us, do we? So I think the work that they're doing at the moment, getting out to, to Booper, like you say, and these other businesses, and I think we're doing really well. For, for I mean, can you count? You can count on one hand, I think, the, the people that work at Salford, or on two hands anyway. You know, yeah. in, in the office, there's not many people there. We're not like sort of a Leeds or a Wigan who've probably got hundreds of people working from, aren't they? So we, we're only sort of a small organisation at the moment, aren't we? So mm. I think it, it's something that might grow. I say I'm going to use a, a euphemism now, if, if that's a word. Yeah. I heard somebody say it the other day. It might grow arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think it means like um, where something gets bigger. You know what I mean? I heard somebody say it in a meeting the other week. Uh, it'll grow arms and legs. So, that's so yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, like how that can go down with your you bubble one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know what I mean, don't you? So it, it might take time for, for things like that to happen. But twelve percent is a is a good. Um, is a good improvement. I think it's a good improvement, and you've only got to look at the, the work that the, the club's done. Like you mentioned it before about social media and and the, the way that they are engaging with supporters. And I think we've had the conversation before where it's all right engaging with those supporters who who know about it uh, and who are already going anyway. You've got to get outside the bubble to to, uh, to people who who are not already engaging with it, are you? Who, who don't know. And I think one of the best ways to do that is by being positive. And, and winning matches and people talking about us in a good light like the people in the media which is happening at the moment and people might get interested and go well I might go down to Salford on Sunday because they've won again Salford have won again it's been in the paper they've just beat Catalan by 46-0 things like this uh, do you the world of good Rob you might not see it straight away but you're building your reputation all the time aren't you yeah it's important Paul I know the, the club of um, I think they went to is it Manchester Rangers and they went to another rugby league club that I can't think at the moment Um you know, train the sort of the young kids coming through, and sent incentivise them. You know, with the possibility of signing up for a for a season ticket, um, and it's, it's things like that, Paul. That, that that's how you've got your twelve percent. All the yeah. social media stuff, great, but you obviously there must be some kind of caveat to get to get them involved. 
to keep that 12% up. And you've, that, got to get, that whole you've got to get out there, haven't you? But yeah, happy with that 12%. A lot of people sort of in rugby league kind of scoffed about our, our, our attendances. But if ours was up at 12% at the end of the season, happy days. Definitely. Um, other news, Paul. Um, our mate Steve McCormick has kind of um, sort of joined up with, is it, is it Allegiance Limited to... If you want to buy a photo, a signed photo. Sometimes. I've seen that. I've seen some of those photographs. I mean, just, yeah, while you're on Steve, just while you're on Steve, I mean, you've got to hats off to him for his photography anyway, because it's absolutely fantastic, and he does a lot of stuff with us, doesn't he? And I know you you mentioned it on the the Facebook page, didn't you, the other day, congratulating him. Congratulations for his for his two photographs on front of both the rugby league papers, the League Weekly and the League Express, because that photograph I can't remember who it was. I was it Josh Jones, Joe Willowick. Jackson Hastings and there was another one I can't remember who it was all stood in front of the fans at Catalan what a fantastic photograph that was you know some of the stuff that he's taken at the moment out of this world yeah. really good stuff he performs at a different level when he's got a camera in his hands fantastic you know some of the pictures obviously he sends us sends a few like he sends other people and sometimes you're kind of thinking it's five or six here that we could use for a, for a front cover uh, for a match report or a podcast uh, it's such a difficult choice sometimes, Paul, to, to pick which one I think, you know, the, the you know, the pick the top three or whatever. And and it's a skill that you know that should be celebrated. He's he's a he's a nice bloke as well. Uh, and he and he takes fantastic photos and you know, we, we can't thank him enough for letting us use his, his pictures to, you know, uh, promote the podcast sometimes. Because obviously, you know, pictures pictures are like a thousand words aren't they and he's got that skill he's got that ability I think just to he has he's got if you look at some of his photographs he photographs like the match superbly well the action shots of the game but the best thing about Steve for me is he gets the photographs of the supporters interacting with the players some of the photographs he's took with, with players and fans and it, he can because he's a supporter himself he just has a knack of being in the right place at the right time and, and getting those shots doesn't he there's been some fantastic shots over the last few years, but especially since Jacko came over, Jacko Hastings came over, some of the photographs he's got there with, with the fans and that, especially in Catalan at weekends, some great pictures, uh, what what I saw. And yeah, he's uh, he doesn't take many of those, does he? He's got us a few times, though, hasn't he? He's yeah. a few times. He went, to be honest, it was a phase where every time he'd take a picture of me, I'd never be looking at the picture, I'd always be looking at, at, away from the pitch. And that went yeah. on for years. Years and years, right? Until he got us. Um, I think we were in, against Set Ellens. Um, oh yeah, he did. When we was it? We were, when we in the stand on our own. Yeah, on our own. First, that's the first picture he got of me. He's <laughs> in the pitch. Um, but yeah, it's, he, he has. So yeah, he has that ability, and you know, it's. So I don't think it's something you can teach. It's just. It's like I was speaking to. I've got a mate who used to be in. Um, he's sort of the SAS. I know it's slightly different. Steve's all got a camera. I'm not a. Magnum 47 or whatever but he says it's not about pulling the trigger it's about squeezing it and I think that's what it is I think when you've got you've got that camera around it's just able to time the, the click to get the perfect photo and, and you, I don't yeah. think you teach that but anyway who do you know in the SAS? Oh, not just a mate I don't want to talk about it but uh, yeah he's, he's, he's a good lad that made me laugh then, the way he said that, um, I mean, I'm no gun expert, but you just said they're a Magnum 47. Yeah. Uh, a Magnum, <laughs> didn't Clint Weiss would have a Magnum? <laughs> <laughs> don't think they have them in the SAS, Rob. No, no. But, yeah, the point, the point is, though, it's not about pulling the trigger, yeah. squeezing it. And that's, what I, and that's what I think it is. I think he's, he's just got that ability. And there's yeah, he has. Lots of good pictures. Salford are very lucky to have him, Rob. Oh, yeah. 
lots of good pictures. Get them signed by um, the players. You probably get one of me and me and you maybe if you want one of them on your wall to scare the kids, make sure they don't get anywhere near the fire or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I am all great. Um, other things as well, uh, retro reds, uh, I've beanie hats and um, bucket hats, two for 15 quid. Um, they make some good gear then, and it's well worth purchasing that. It certainly is. It certainly is. I bought, um, I think, about three or four Bob hats off Tez and, and the, the gang, the retro gang. Uh, really good stuff. Top notch stuff, mate. Yeah, fantastic. So, obviously, lots of offers there to look out for. Um, a two city challenge uh, Manchester University are taking on Salford uh, University on the 29th of March at the Manchester Regional Arena um, hopefully will be a, a big event and everyone will get down there to support it yeah it usually is it's usually a big event when the, the, those two sides play each other and uh, Manchester Regional Arena is a nice, a nice arena have you been there to that? I have a couple of times been, uh, yeah yeah, it's a good it's a good venue, good stadium. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'll try and get down that to that myself. Yeah. Um next one. Uh, summit for the Soul Boys. Uh are continuing their quest to climb up every mountain. Uh how are they doing, Paul? They're doing superbly well. I mean, I think it was the other week they raised over a thousand pounds. We mentioned that, didn't we, on uh, Salford Radio? And they, they got to a thousand pounds and I know the next place they were going to was I think they just done was he after Ben Nevis? They'd just done, yeah, I think Ben Nevis, they'd done Scarfold Pike, they'd done that anyway, but they, they, yeah, they're well over a £1,000 now. Um, and they've got a Just Giving, it's www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash something, Summit for the Soul, you spell it S-U-M-M-I-T, Summit for the Soul. So get on there and, uh, and back the lads, because they're all over Facebook as well, they have their, their Facebook page, don't they? Might be. So you can give them a follow on there, see what they're up to. But we'll keep you posted on there. Detail, won't we, Rob? Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. They're doing a great thing, Paul, and uh, you know, helping you know people like that. You know, it's fantastic. They're doing something that's a challenge for everybody. Um, you know, I couldn't climb a mountain. I find it hard to climb the stairs, to be fair. Um, but you know, it's fantastic. They're doing some great stuff, and uh, you know, hopefully, they'll uh, continue to raise lots and lots of money uh, for that charity. Uh, final bit of news, Paul. You're coming home. You're you're going. You're Fighting in the Promised Land night you're on uh, next week. Tell us all about that. What's that? You're Rob? fighting Promised Land. You're at the AJ Bell. Oh, right. oh yeah, you, you've dropped that one on me. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a fight for. Uh, oh, uh, Reese Archer asked me if quite a while ago, and if I'd like to fight on one of his builds at the. Um, he, he's a manager of is it Multifit? I think it's called yeah. Multifit. The, the gym. He manages that there at the stadium, and he asked me if I'd. If, I'd jump in and fight on this this build. There was a couple of people short, so I was in training anyway for the fight at bowlers. But I've uh, I can't do that fight at bowlers now, so it's worked out well. So I'm I'm fighting there next uh, a week tonight, next Friday. So uh, so it should be good. It'd be nice to, to go there at Salford Stadium anyway. So uh, I've got my weigh in tomorrow and my face off tomorrow with my opponent. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's like Ricky Hatton. Oh, I'm seeing like Ricky Hatton fighting at Main Road, kind of thing. Thousands of soul fans all chanting your name. It's going to be amazing. I might even try and get the uh, the uh, sports zone boys to, to, to get down and and, talk and 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 record that. Because I think obviously you know you're braver than me, mate. Getting involved in the in, in boxing, obviously you know you need to be a, a special kind of athlete to, to get involved in that. And you know you, you love your boxing. Um, I know you've had a couple of fights before, um, and I'm sure you know this one's going to be the one where you you get the big W. 
Do you think so? <laughs> yeah, I had three three last year, and uh, my body's just about holding up. To be honest, I've got a bit of a dicky back and that. But no, I love my training, Rob. I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, it's it's a really good buzz. I mean, coming into the fight week, it's always really nerve wracking. I've been really nervous now for the last week or so, um, just because you you know you're on your own, aren't you? It's not like football. But then once you get there on the night. Uh, when you've done it it's like a big come down the day after you can't wait to, to get in there and do it again so it is good but uh, but yeah I'm looking forward to that and uh, obviously next week I'm, we're at home as well and we've got Wigan at home in the league game so it's Friday night next week so I'll let you know I'll get on anyway we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens but I'll do my best and see what happens Anyone wants a ticket Paul how do we get them? Um, I think you're best off contacting Reese because I've not got any tickets and uh, I know you were saying there there might be loads of people going supporting me and all that but there isn't <laughs> the, the only person I know who's going is James Oskis and James has bought a ticket so I know James is going to shout Jamie on um, I think my dad might be coming um, but my sister's due for baby so our family's a bit um, a bit all over the place at the moment because my sister's having a baby so she's you know due any, any sort of day so everyone's a bit sort of uh, caught up in that so I'm just going under the radar I'm just doing this and just getting on with it so uh, but yeah if you want a ticket just just get in contact with Reese. I think they've got a Facebook page for it but I don't really really go on to stuff like that because I like to just keep my head down and do my training so uh, so yeah but it'd be nice if some people can go I think it's all for a good cause as well it's for charity as well raising money for charity so cool so that's all the news coming out of Soul for Red Devils this week next up on the Devil in Detail we're going to talk about well Paul's going to tell us all about the amateur scene in his amateur report Here is this week's Devil in Detail Amateur Report. We'll show start off with the National Conference League this week. We've got the Challenge Cup to bring you as well, but we'll start off with the National Conference League. On Saturday the 9th of March, Saddleworth Rangers were beaten in Division 1 by 34 points to 10. That was away at the Pilkington Rex. Moving on to Division 3. Lee East 18, Oldham St. Anne's 14. Salford City Roosters were beaten at home by Drillington by 34 points to 18. Salford City Roosters tries coming from... Tom Southwell and Barry Hamilton grabbed the brace for the Salford City Roosters. It wasn't enough as the Leeds outfit Drillington won by 34 points to 18. Waterhead Warriors had a win. They beat Dewsbury Celtic by 12 points to 6. That was a Division 3 game. The fixtures for this weekend in the Premier Division. After defeating the Challenge Cup, Rochdale Mayfield are back in league action. They play Egremont Rangers at home. In Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers play Dewsbury Moor Maroons. And in Division 3, it's Millham against Oldham St. Anne's and Salford City Roosters against the Waterhead Warriors. Well, quite a lot of fixtures were hit by the weather in the North West Men's League, as in the Youth Leagues as well, but I'll give you the scores that we did have. In Division 2 of the North West Men's League, it was Berry Broncos 16, Langworthy Reds 20, Charlie Panthers 48, West Horton Lions 12, Pilkington Rex A22, Manchester Rangers 18. In Division 4, Caddy's Head Rhinos 16, Blackpool Scorpions 12. And Division 5, it was Goldbourne Parkside 6, Bolton Mets 30. And Higginshaw 46, clock face minus A14. The fixtures for this coming Saturday, the 16th of March, are as follows. In the Premier Division, it's Oran St. James against Rochdale Mayfield A. In Division 1, it's Oldham St. Anne's A versus Blackbrook. Ulverston play Folly Lane. Division 2, Langley Tigers, Manchester Rangers against Berry Broncos. And the West Horton Lions play Wigan St. Pat's A. In Division 4, Caddy's Head Rhinos are at home to Saddleworth Rangers A. Rochdale Cobras play South Ribble Rabbitohs. And in Division 5, finally, it's Blackpool Stanley against Higginshaw. And the Bolton Mets are at home to Ryland Sharks. 
Well, in Student Rugby League, Edgehill beat Salford by 48 points to 30. That was in the Northern 1A division last week. Manchester Met were beaten as well. They were beaten at home by Leeds Becky A by 44 points to 18. The fixtures for this Wednesday, it's Manchester against Chester in the Northern 2A division. And there's one fixture in College Rugby League. It's Wyke against Salford Red Devils Rising Stars. Moving on to the Northwest Youth League, as I said before, decimated by postponements, really due to the, uh, the bad weather that we've had uh, over the weekend, the rain and the snow and sleet and what have you. But the results are as follows. In the under-18s, Premier Division, Rochdale, Mayfield, nil, Lee Miners, 54. In the under-16s, under sorry, Division 2, Rochdale, Mayfield, 20, Burtonwood, 8. Those are the only two fixtures that survived the weekend. The fixtures for this Sunday, hopefully it'll be a bit better, better the weather this week. Sunday the 17th of March. In the under-18s, it's a Lancashire and Northwest Youth Cup. Folly Lane are at home to Crossfields. Langwith it play Oldham St Anne's. Rochdale play Pilkington Rex. Saddleworth play Waterhead. And Shevington play Salford City Roosters. And in the Lancashire and Northwest Youth Cup under-16s, it's Blackbrook against Folly Lane. Newton Storm versus Oldham St Anne's. Oral St James versus Saddleworth. And Thato Heath are at home to Waterhead. And in the Northwest Youth Shield and Plate. Caddies and Rhinos are at home to West Hart. And this is an under-16s game, by the way. And Rochdale play Ulverston also in the under-16s Northwest Shield and Plate. So plenty of fixtures there. So hopefully they're all, all on this uh, weekend. Well, just before we chat about the Challenge Cup, Barla has launched its first ever podcast. The first recording involving Vice Chair Steve Manning and Dave Parkinson was recorded on Saturday the 2nd of March and can be located online. Simply log on to the Barlet website, click onto news page and click on the podcast link. Manning said thanks to hooksounds.com for the music used and let Dave know what you thought of the podcast. He's on Twitter at D. Parky Rugby. So that sounds good that the British Amateur Rugby League Association have their own podcast, so make sure you check that out. Well, finally, just before we go, it was the Coral Challenge Cup Round 3 at the weekend. Here are the scores. Doncaster beat Coventry Bears 38 points to 16. Hunslet 56, West Bowling 10. Keithley Cougars 28, Distington 14. London Scholars 18, North Wales Crusaders 31. Newcastle Thunder 48, West Wales Raiders 0. Oldham 80, Haydock 10. Thato Heath Crusaders 30, Rochdale Mayfield 24, West Hull 26, Dewsbury Moor 10, Whitehaven 74, Wigan St Pat's 4, Wigan St Jude 4, Lock Lane 24 and York Acorn 10, Featherstone Lions 20. The postponed match was between Workington and Siddle. The draw is going to be done this week so by the time you listen to this the draw has probably been made so we'll have a chat about the, uh, the draw on the podcast because the championship sides come in to round 4 before Salford come in in round 5. So that's all I've got for you on the, on the uh, amateur report this week sorry i shall see you at castleford on sunday so that was uh, paul's amateur report next up on the devil of detail we'll talk about the big game against castle tigers on sunday it's time on the devil of the detail so, Salford Red Devils take on Casper Tigers away from home on Sunday, Paul, after their fantastic win against Catalan Dragons on Saturday. Big game for Salford, beat Castleford Tigers away and beating Catalan Dragons away. That would be a huge statement in Super League circles. He certainly would, yeah. I mean, Castleford, uh, over the last sort of five or six, maybe seven years, they've been one of the most consistent sides in the in the Super League, haven't they, really? And one of the most entertaining teams as well. Very difficult to beat at home. They've had another excellent start to, to this season. 
Daryl Powell's side. They've just lost the one match last weekend against Warrington Wolves, who have beaten. They've had a few injuries. Anthony Luke Gale's out. Um, Jake Truman's been playing really well. The younger halfback, Jordan Rankin, I believe, played with him there in the halves last week. You've always got to watch out for that Paul McShane, I think, as well. I think he's one of the best hookers in Super League, isn't he? Really quick around the rook, and uh, he's got a good kicking game on him as well, especially close to the line. You've got to be careful with his, with his short kicking game. But they've got some pace out wide as well, haven't they? Um, Eden and Minikin, very dangerous. They've got a big sort of mobile pack of forwards and uh, they're always hard to beat at Weldon Road on their own ground and you know we're going to have to be switched on we've been there a couple of times haven't we in, in recent years so uh, it's always a, a place you've got to go and uh, go and tough it out I think they're a very physical team aren't they Castleford and their supporters will get behind them as well won't they and uh, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be starting the game favourites uh, no doubt about that And uh, but if we can play anywhere near as good as we played at, at Catalan we, we'll cause them a lot of problems yeah, the Tigers, like you said, full of uh, full of good players, club, you know, full of full of good fans as well. Uh, Tiger Talk Radio, um, Tiger Talks, oh Dave, you know, always always good to talk to him at a, a game, very knowledgeable. And um, hopefully, like you say, sort of Red Devils will, uh, you know, take that feel good factor created at Catalan and and you know go to Castleford and put in a big performance because obviously we we can beat Castleford. And keep the momentum, keep keep the momentum going, Paul. That, that's what that's key. That's the big thing for me. Obviously, you know, it's easy. It's early in the season. You know, as long as we can rack up as many wins as possible while the sun shines, that's good news to me. Yeah, well, that's it. As we mentioned it a few weeks ago, didn't we, about the 2017 season with front Ian Watson front loading and getting points early doors. And I think for for a club like us with with the size of our squad, you know, at the moment you've got. I wouldn't say a clean pill of health. There's still guys out injured, isn't it? I mean, we've not seen Josh Wood yet this season. He, he's uh, he's still been out injured. So we've still got guys who are, who are ready to come back in. But we've got the majority of our, our team fit and playing playing well. As the season goes on, you sometimes get disruptions and guys get injured. And that's when it starts to become tough. So if we can have points in the bag by then and be, be well away from the, the foot of the table and the relegation trap door. I think that, that's what Ian Watson will, will be aiming for. And particularly this weekend, I've noticed that Greg Burke, it doesn't look like he's going to play. So uh, I think Adam Walker could be in line to make his debut. His, his band's up now and he's uh, eligible to play. So I've been hearing a lot of good things about him. Watto said on, on Saturday, he's been really, really good in training. And the, he looks he looks a big guy, a big aggressive forward as well. And he could be another guy to... Um, to, to really do well for us I mean the pack this season has been good I've been particularly impressed with Gil Dudson Daniel Murray I mean we have to give Daniel a mention because I think since he's got into the side he's I think he, he did he get dropped after the OKR game I can't remember now there was a game where he didn't play the week after when he came in but I don't see how Ian Watson can, can leave him out now because he was excellent against Hull Kingston Rovers in that second half he was, I thought he was probably the top forward in that game and he was brilliant again in defence particularly against against Catalan Dragons so uh, so yeah it's going to be a physical forward battle I would say Rob and the, the pack that gets on top will probably get the two points on Sunday for me yeah I think obviously like you said Lawton uh, and Walker kind of new recruits into our squad kind of changed their dynamics of our of our forward pack obviously both big units both big you know strong forwards because obviously Ian Watson likes his, his middles doesn't he? he likes his big aggressive middles and you know, them two are certainly that 
They certainly are. Adam Lawton's a really big lad and I've particularly been impressed with him uh, at Rochdale Hornets. He scored three consecutive matches running for, for Rochdale and the, the tries he scored took, took some uh, scoring as well. He's, he's a very big lad, very physical guy and um, you know he's going to be one that's going to get better as the season goes on once his fitness gets up there and he gets up to speed with Super League because there's a difference playing in the championship than there is in the, in the top flight and you know, I think he's definitely one. He's got he's got the potential, he's got the size as well. I mean, there's not many uh, guys six foot seven forwards around. I, I wouldn't like to say how much he weighs, but he's absolutely huge. And Adam Walker as well. He's got a good reputation. You know, he he must have something about him, Rob, because he was playing at, at Hull Kingston Rose, I think it was, and, and Saint Helens signed him. They obviously saw something in him for one reason or another. It didn't work out there, and then he went to Wakefield, and obviously he had, he's, he's banned, so he's missed a bit of time with that. But from what I can remember him at Hull Care, he's a very physical player big player as well, aggressive, very aggressive player and, you know, every side needs somebody like that, they need what they call like an, an enforcer, don't they, an Adrian Morley type player and uh, you know, a guy that plays it close to the to the knuckle as it were, so I think we've got one there in Adam and uh, be exciting to see how he goes if he does get his chance on Sunday. Yeah, obviously, uh, Casper Tigers, Daryl Powell, their coach, Ian Watson, our coach, both kind of uh, young sort of British coaches uh, at the top of the game. They certainly are. I mean, Daryl Powell's done an excellent job at, at Castleford over a, a period of time, hasn't he? And they've become, you know, from, from where they were, Castleford, sort of 20 years ago when, when Super League first came, they were sort of down the bottom end and and, and never really a fancied side, was they? And they've, since Daryl's gone there particularly, they've, they've become one of the front runners, really, in the league, haven't they? One of the most consistent sides. The only thing they've not won any any real silverware of any note. I mean, I know they got the league leader shield, but they made the grand final a couple of years ago. But they've been very um, very consistent. They're, they're sort of top five every every season now, aren't they? And very difficult to beat on their own ground. Play some fantastic rugby as well. And for a, for a town the size of Castleford, it's not really a huge place is it so they're probably punching above the weight really and, and doing really well I think you've got to give them a lot of credit for that um, but it's a, it's a proper rugby league place isn't it and you, you, you get the atmosphere when you go there as well their, their supporters are um, what's, what's the word they're very sort of biased towards them aren't they which is what you expect when you go to these Yorkshire grounds and I know a lot of people slag their stadium off and, and, and say you know it's, it's a bit decrepit and things like that but I think it's a traditional ground and it's somewhere I always uh, like to go because these days you, there's not many of those sort of grounds left so it's a breath of fresh air sometimes when you, when you go there as long as you don't chuck it down so uh, so yeah I'm really looking forward to it I think it'll be an excellent game and the top of the table clash as well Rob whoever wins this game could uh, could wind up being in the top two yeah give us your uh, score prediction uh, no, the game. no no I've not let's really yeah. <laughs> I don't know I've done with it I know what, what did I go for I went for Castleford 16, Salford 20, I think I went, or 21. 20, no, 2016 I'm going to go for. A tight, really tight game. Do we know the weather? Have you got that far ahead? It's going to be dry, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I think so. I think so. I had a look the other day, it said like nine degrees and it had like a sun and a cloud. But if you looked at the weather last weekend, I mean, it was great in, in, in Perpignan. But particularly, well, I think it was Wakefield against Hull Care. There was no tries, was it, for like 75 minutes. It was mm. two apiece, I think. And it, the weather was really bad there. And I know was, a few games got postponed, didn't they, at the weekend? So, And a lot of the amateur games, we, we, the amateur scene was decimated last weekend with, with postponement. So, uh, so I don't know, it just depends on, on the weather, I suppose. But according mm. to my iPhone, even though it's about 10 year old it says it's going to be snowing it's snowing so it's going to be sunny so um, so yeah I'm going to go for a tight game anyway 20 points to 16 it's an open end at Cass and it so bring your big coat I'd say you can go in that side though can't you if it's raining yeah. well 
Oh. Um, right, my prediction. Casper Tigers away. Salford coming off the back of a great win against Catalan Dragons. Confidence is up. Great baby playing out of his skin. Rob Lewis, Jackson Hastings, Joey Lusick. All pulling, pulling the, uh, the strings. I'm going to go. The Tigers, well, go for a Devils. 38. Bloody hell. Well, see, we dramatic the pause there. Cast the Tigers, yeah. all, so for a Devils, 38. I thought he was going to say 46. No. <laughs> no. I'm going to go 38. 38, 12. Jake Bibby hat trick this week. Jake Bibby hat trick. Yeah, I think that's. I'm, I feel it. I'm feeling it in the. Uh, in the I water. think we should do. Uh, I think we should have a new nickname for Jake Bibby. Do you know who was calling him like an Australian test centre? Yeah. Well, the legendary test centre that was Reg Gaznia. I think. What about Jake Reg Gaznia Bibby, or just Reg for short? What is joking, Jake? <laughs> Reg. We could call him Reg from now on. That's an idea. Hopefully, Reg will come up with a three try burst. Well, I hope so, Rob, because he's a nice kid as well. He's a good guy to speak to, as is Josh Jones. I think that's one of the first times I've spoke to Josh Jones, and what a lovely guy he is, really down-to-earth sort of guy. And um, you know, I spoke to him on Saturday. You, you, when, you, when you actually speak to him, you, you think, blimey, he's, he's won a grand final and, and played in a top St. Helens side, hasn't he? So I think he's a, he's another player that's uh, that's done well for us, hasn't he, so far, in his Salford career. So, uh, so yeah, I think we've got the I think we've got the players to cause uh, Castleford problems, Rob. It's just uh, if we can just bottle that performance up in, in Catalan, take that with us, and I think that the enthusiasm that we had against Catalan. I mean, you can't coach that, can you? That desire. I think if you've got that desire and that belief, you'll go a long way, won't you? So, uh, so if we can show a bit of that on, on Sunday, I think we'll be more than a match for Castleford. I think they'll be worrying about us. Yeah, definitely, Paul. Yeah. So big thanks to Reg, Josh Jones. And uh, Ian Watson talking to us on the show this week. Been a great show, Paul. He certainly has. It's good to be back, Rob. I really enjoyed it and uh, looking forward to Sunday, mate. Good to have yeah. you back as well. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, been difficult, but like I say, back in the game now, Paul, and uh, hopefully celebrating more victories, um, like the one against Catalan this week, well, last week even. So well, I've been Rob. So, mate. Yeah, so I've been Rob Jackson. Big thanks for tuning into this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Devil Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at the ITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Day. Live. Radio contact.